Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456.
Well, the world spends an awful lot of time talking about money and sex. As it happens, so does God. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones takes us directly to God's Word, specifically the book of Proverbs, to give us God's instruction regarding sexual intimacy, something the world has and continues to pervert. Stay with us here, or you can visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library. Now, this is where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Now, here's Ron with today's message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. The University of Utah and Planned Parenthood have joined together once again to fund Sex Week at the school where student participants have the opportunity to win a year's supply of contraception. I'm not making this up. Sex Week's stated mission is to raise awareness about reproductive justice by deconstructing reproductive oppression. I guess that's aimed at guys like me who teach the Bible and what the Bible has to say about sex. Uh, deconstructing reproductive oppression and advocating for our bodies, our families, and our lives. All kinds of events happening on college campuses related to sex weeks. Some, some professors are giving um, makeup tardies and absences to students to attend, like this Thursday night events where students are invited to participate in a, quote, make your own safe sex kit workshop. Wow. Uh, that's what I want to send my kid to college for, you know, to get their... Safe Sex Kit Workshop and free HIV STD testing uh, is available as well. Students for Choice President Kalam Kaur says the goal of her group is to help people to have complete autonomy over themselves, reports the Daily Utah Chronicle. Sex Week. I mean, this is part of the moral perversion and pollutedness that our culture introduces as it relates to a, a gift that God has given to us uh, within the boundaries of marriage. I, I'm all for open and honest conversations about sex. In fact, I'm, I'm not among those pastors or even lay people who think that uh, there are three taboo subjects in the church that we should never talk about. You know those three subjects, don't you? Money, sex, and politics. No, I happen to think we ought to talk about every one of those subjects. And what, what does God have to say about them? And especially when it comes to sex, because friends, God created sex. He's not bashful about it. He doesn't blush when he talks about it. He created it. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 1. God created man in his own image, male and female, he made them. And then you have in Genesis chapter 2, the first uh, marriage ceremony between Adam and Eve where the two became one flesh and they were told to be fruitful and multiply. Listen, God created us as sexual human beings and he gave us sex as a wonderful gift within the context of the marriage relationship. And within the context of the marriage relationship, it is to be enjoyed and celebrated. Uh, Solomon's even gonna refer to an intoxicating level of pleasure between the husband and the wife. Enjoy yourselves, husbands and wives, uh, within the marriage relationship. But oh, does the Bible warn us about losing our sexual integrity. 
about uh, uh, operating ourselves as, as sexual human beings in a way that's inconsistent with what uh, God has told us and the boundaries that he has established. I love the fact that Solomon has a conversation with his sons. I'm not talking about this subject because it's Valentine's Day today or because it's sex week on college campuses across America. I'm talking about it because we're in a study of the book of Proverbs and it just happened to land on Valentine's Day. Imagine that. Proverbs chapters 5, 6, and 7 is a conversation between Solomon and his son, and later his sons, he gets a crowd as soon as he starts talking about sex inside the home. And it's chapters 5, 6, and 7. This section of scripture in Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, which is written in a, in a literary form where Solomon is having a conversation with his son, 25% of the editorial content of Proverbs 1 through 9 is about sex, all right? And it just underscores how important this subject is, how important it is for uh, fathers to lead the conversation in the home, even though this is a conversation between a father and a son. Ladies, you could turn around, it could be between a mother and a daughter. Uh, there, there's intentional conversation and, and divine guidance for everyday life, including this all-important subject. But here's what I want you to notice. Solomon does not have the talk with his sons about the birds and the bees. It's not about the birds and the bees. It's about the blessings and the curses or the consequences of our sexual behavior. Blessings and, and, and pleasure and delight within the marriage relationship, the consequences of taking that act outside of the marriage relationship. Solomon has a straight conversation with his sons about that and warns them about uh, losing their sexual integrity, we might say. So it's not about the birds and the bees. It's not about uh, passing out condoms. Making wise choices about sex is not about passing out condoms. It's about the commandments of God and what God has to say about this all-important subject. Because he created us in his own image, because he made us male and female, trust me, friends, he, he alone has the exclusive rights on defining what gender means, what relationship between men and women means, marriage, all of that. That is in his exclusive right to define and to instruct us on the wise application of our human sexuality. And we would be wise people to get a hold of these wise sayings from Solomon to his son. So let's do that. Let, let's, let's talk this week about some of those, those consequences and the warnings that Solomon shares with his sons. And then next week, we're going to get even more practical in chapter 7 about some ways to uh, maintain our sexual integrity and even restore it if we have lost it. Important, important conversations for us in our culture today. So the first thing that Solomon says to his son is that sexual sin destroys... It destroys a life. Proverbs 6 and verse 32, he who commits adultery lacks sense. In other words, it's a stupid thing to do, okay? And then, and then he goes on to say, he who does it destroys himself. And then we go back to chapter 5 and verse 1, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. Solomon again comes back to pleading with his son, not to just shrug his shoulders and roll his eyes about the wise instruction he's receiving from his dad at home, but to, but to really lean into this. And he quickly transitions to the subject at hand in verse 3. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. 
But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. Now, everything that Solomon is going to say to his son about not engaging with a prostitute and an immoral woman could be flipped. And a, a mother could have the same conversation with her daughter about a relationship with a man. But this... In the context here, Solomon's talking to his son and later to his sons. And the first thing he does is, is shoot straight with them and, and lay out for them a pathway to sexual ruin. You want to destroy your life, son? Uh, here, here's how to do it. It starts with delight. It starts with something that is pleasurable. He, he says, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. Now, notice what Solomon says here and what he doesn't say. He mentions her lips. He mentions her speech. He says nothing about the way she looks or her body. Because in one sense, and ladies, you need to, you need to hear this, one of the most seductive things for a man is when an attractive woman tells him, you're gifted. <laughs> you're, you're great. You're, you're one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He says, uh, be careful of the woman whose lips drip with honey and whose speech is smoother than oil. It, it's not about the eyes yet. It's about what he hears. You see, ladies, if all your husband ever hears is, why did you do that? Why did I marry such a fool like you? That's all he hears. It won't be long before a sweet-talking, honey-dripping thing comes and whispers some sweet nothing in his ear about how great he is and how gifted he is, how talented he is. What a great job you did on that project at the office. And it fills a vacuum and a void that's missing at home. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And if you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. It's our way of saying thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by using the Explore feature at the top of the homepage where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team here will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. Contrary to the world's opinion, sex can never produce the things we need most. Significance, security, love. Sex is powerless in these areas which means we have to get them from another source. Here's Ron with the rest of today's message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. If he doesn't hear, I mean, here, this, this, is, this is empty flattery from the forbidden woman, but if he doesn't hear that ego-boosting language at home, it, it may be a matter of time before he hears it someplace else. Because here's the mistake we make. We think a man's greatest need is for sex. No, that, that's a close second. A man's greatest need is for significance. And if he doesn't feel significant inside the four walls of his own home, ladies, he might 
Well, let me just put it this way. It takes, it takes a lot of resistance not to find it outside of the home as time goes on. Now, that's not to point a finger of blame at the wife or to make an excuse for the husband. I'm not doing either of those. And we can flip it around, too. While a man's greatest need is for significance, a woman's greatest need is for security. And guys, if you're not providing that security within the home, if you're just a a rolling ball from job to job and you can't keep down a job and you can't spend less money than what you make and you're not providing it, it may just be a matter of time before some smooth-talking guy comes along and provides the security for her that you're not providing. Again, I'm not pointing a finger of blame. I'm not making an excuse. What I see is that Solomon understands how a guy is wired. And if all a guy hears is, you're just a rotten fool that I married. My mama, my mama told me a long time ago I shouldn't have married you. That's all he hears at home. Then there may be somebody whose, whose lips drip like honey and whose speech is as smooth as oil and fills that emptiness in his heart, and one thing leads to another. The reason sexual sin is so tempting is because there's something pleasurable and delightful about it. And it goes to the core of who we are as male and female and the unique needs that we have. But Solomon is quick to say to his son, it moves quickly from delight to disappointment because her lips may drip honey and her speech may be smoother than oil, but, but sin is pleasurable for a season, right? That's what the Bible says. And he says on the heels of that, she is as bitter as wormwood. Now, wormwood in the ancient Near Eastern culture was a, was a bitter root plant that you'd find in the desert. If you, if you ate it, it was really, really bitter. And in the Bible, wormwood is an emblem or a symbol of calamity. If you go to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, John's Uh, vision of end times and end times prophecy. He's right in the middle of this uh, time in Bible prophecy known as the Great Tribulation, still future in Bible prophecy. I call it the worst of times on earth. And in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 11, it says that all the uh, rivers and the seas and the oceans will turn bitter like wormwood and people will drink them and masses, numbers of people on earth will die as a result. And then C.S. Lewis in his uh, classic book on spiritual warfare called The Screwtape Letters, and it's this conversation between the devil and Satan and this junior demon that he's trying to train up in his diabolical ways. Well, that junior demon, C.S. Lewis, names him, you guessed it, Wormwood, okay? Solomon says, sexual sin goes from delight. Here's the path. Delight, it's pleasurable. She's whispering sweet nothings. It's like honey from her lips, it's like smooth oil coming. She's telling you things you've never heard. You're wonderful, you're great, you did a fabulous job on that project. You were just this, you're the brightest, smartest guy in the room. But she's as bitter as wormwood. It goes from delight to disappointment, then to destruction. She's sharp as a two-edged sword. Guys, gals, sexual sin will skewer you. It's like eventually somebody taking a sharp two-edged sword and plunging it into your midsection. And then her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. The path to sexual ruin, Solomon lays it out in no uncertain terms to his son. He's holding nothing back. He isn't sugarcoating this. He's saying sexual sin will destroy and ruin a life. Number two, sexual sin leaves you 
with painful regret. Let's read on beginning in verse 7. And now, O sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Here Solomon anticipates that maybe his, his son, or, or now his sons, by the way, did you notice it's plural in verse 7, verse 1, my son, verse 7, and now, O oh, sons. As soon as Solomon tar- starts talking about sex in the household, he's got a, he's got a crowd, all right? Uh, now all of his sons are leaning into the conversation here. And he anticipates that maybe, just maybe, as life goes on, uh, they reject his wise counsel. Maybe they're sitting there uh, shrugging their shoulders, rolling their eyes, saying, come on, Dad. I mean, get with the times. It's the 21st century. I just came back from sex week at whatever college. Live and let live. If it feels good, do it, Dad. You know, he's anticipating they might reject it. And if doing so, then he verbalizes their painful regret. How I hated discipline. Oh, How my heart despised reproof and I did not listen to the voice of my teachers. He's saying you're going to get to that point if you reject the teaching that I share with you. Thanks so much for being here today for Dr. Ron Jones' message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or call 757-276-1099. Sexual sin is addicting. A lot of studies out there 
that give, give testimony to this. And the Bible certainly tells us that uh, uh, sexual sin enslaves us. Uh, Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, turn with me there for a moment. Romans 6 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness? In other words, something is going to master you, either right choices or wrong choices. Whatever you give yourself to, whatever you present yourself to on a regular basis, that will become your master. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Making Wise Choices About Sex. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.